Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. Stressing the holidays. So we're in 2 Peter chapter 1 and we're in verse 9. Verse 9. We just got started, so let's keep going. And obviously... The title is the play on words. So stress is that state of mental tension. People are under stress. And holidays can bring a lot of stress. And honestly, it's because you have a lot more to do, but you only get the same amount of time. And you have a lot more opportunities to spend money, but the same amount of time. And then you have all kinds of relationships. Maybe people that you don't see all the time, and you're thrust together for a holly jolly uh, meal or something, and then that can add a lot of stress. So what we want to do is we can't prevent all that, but we would like to give some tips for stressing the holidays to stress or give special attention to a couple of things. And at the end or the rest of chapter one of Second Peter, we were going to deal, first of all, with stressing, like this guy said, uh, I, forgot how to, I forgot how to throw a boomerang. But eventually, it came back to me. And so we're going to deal with, in verses 9 to 15, stressing, remembering. Stressing, remembering. So, have you ever been reminded of something that you already knew? I mean, that's honestly, a lot of times when you come to the house of God, God just helps you remember something. And honestly, by definition, remembering isn't learning something new. Remembering is being reminded or uh, uh, thinking about something that you already know. So this uh, person was brought to a test. He was in an insane asylum, which is a hospital where you can't get out if you want to. And they were asked a question. A patient in the insane asylum was asked a question. He was brought before a, before a bathtub that was just full to the brim of water. And on this napkin on a small table, uh, there were three uh, choices, three things. There was a large spoon, a fork, and a knife. And the person, not sure if the, they were crazy or not, they wanted to ask them to see if they could have some rational thought, if they remembered some things before they went into society, or did they need to stay longer in the hospital. So they would uh, put the person before this bathtub of water and ask them, okay, what, how would you, what would you use to most quickly let the water be from inside of this tub until it's empty. What would you use? Then, well, it's it's obvious what the fork, the knife, the spoon. Nobody. No, no. You would pull the plug. <laughs> but we're gonna get your room ready, sir. <laughs> so I said, so preacher, was a joke? Is it was a joke? Because, but you say, well, preacher, but I knew that. It's obvious, right? So, yes, it's obvious it was a joke, but thank you for participating because it helped it when someone, so, amen. 
Maybe someone else thought, maybe that fork, if I just did it fast enough, right? No, the plug, obviously. But uh, we know these things. And so, and, and with, with the gospel, it's not like we don't know a lot of things. It's, but when we get stressed out in the holidays, we can get our mind. I, I remember, I was just reading the book of Ezekiel. So the book of Ezekiel, Israel is uh, in captivity. And God lays out this long list of sins. And you can read about it. It's Ezekiel chapter 22. I won't read them all. And at the end of the list of sins, God really gives the, the, the reason that Israel was involved. And it's like five or six verses, just of a bunch of mess. And at the end of it, it's Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 12. He said, and hast forgotten me, saith the Lord. Really, Israel had forgotten God. And when we forget God, uh, someone said, uh, if you don't believe in something or stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And, and Israel was doing exactly that. They were trying to use the knife or the fork or the spoon to empty the tub, right? But the Bible says, let's look at verse 9. And it just talked about adding things to our faith. Now, uh, how do you fight the stress of the holidays? You grow. And really, growing in God, not just maintaining or dealing with it. Uh, you know how people say, well, I'm maintaining, I'm holding on. I'm, in the South, they say, I'm holding on like a loose tooth. Well, the Bible doesn't say that that's uh, a good plan for uh, periods of stress in our life. But to grow, the Bible says to grow, to add things to your Christian walk. That's the only way to succeed in God. And... In verse 9 it says, But he that lacketh these things is blind. So if you don't grow and if you don't add, ultimately to add charity to our life, and it's building on the last Bible study, and cannot see afar off, and hath what? Forgotten. Forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. And you see people that in the holidays. I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself, but uh, they can get spun up over something that it's really not going to matter in a few weeks in a few months. Even that toy, they tell, should I get him this toy or this toy? You know, have you ever seen a kid, you get him this expensive toy and it's almost, it's a stereotype, right? Because what do they do after they open it? They play with the box. It's like, this is the coolest box ever. It's a Ford box. And you're like, I wanted to throw that box out. And the toy is like covered in wrapping paper down, down on the other side. But kids... Uh, are happy just to have an adventure. And so sometimes we as adults, we can get, we can get, we can forget. It's like, wait a second, if I buy all this stuff, then the kids aren't going to, the kids are going to be playing with the box. I'm going to be stressed out that they're playing with the box because I've got a credit card payment to pay for this toy and the one that I got for their uh, other siblings and the one that I decided to get for the neighbor's kid because it was two for the price of one, right? Well, the Bible says that if we stress remembering, remembering God, Wherefore, the brother, brethren, give diligence, remember. He said, to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. You'll never be overly stressed as long as we're making sure. Have you ever asked yourself, God, is this what you want me to do? Before you said something, have you ever had a thought line going like, wait, God, is this what you want me to do? I was... my I. Have you ever had your thinking just kind of go off the rails? Now, if you haven't, I'm just talking about myself. And for a few, I don't know if it was 20 seconds, and I was just like, what am I thinking? 
thinking. I mean, it was not Christian thoughts. And then, and I was like, whoa, wait a second, whoa. And I wasn't around anybody or whatever. It was just me. And, uh, and, and after, after, and it was like anything but Christian thoughts. And I'm like, preacher, does it happen? For a little bit. But then I was like, wait a second. That's not God. And all I had to do, and I just read Ezekiel, I was like, wait, I don't want to forget God. I just want to put God into my thinking. And then everything came right back. And I was just like, whoa, that was wild. It was a wild trip, right? And, uh, but the Bible says, for so, now this is if we remember God, for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I heard of these two men. One was dying. Uh, and he was a Christian in a hospital. The other was not a Christian, and he was also dying. And the one that wasn't a Christian, he was, he was kind of lamenting and crying, and he said, I'm leaving home! I'm leaving home! And then there was a Christian laying next to him, and he was crying tears of joy, and he said, I'm going home! I'm going home! You know that uh, uh, I've got real estate somewhere? Is a preacher where? Up there. He said, in my father's house, he said, there are many mansions. He said, behold, I go to prepare a place for you. And it's a place not only where I know uh, I've got real estate, but I know people up there. My peeps are up there. And uh, my wife's father and my wife's mother, they're already there. Uh, one of, uh, a dear pastor of mine, Pastor Davis, He's already there. Other men and women that I've known, another pastor of mine, Reverend St. Clair, he used to say it's St. Clair, not Sinclair, St. Clair. He's already gone and he helped me in my Christian walk. And as more and more people, they load up and they head to heaven. I'm just going to, I'm just going to be going to a theme park where you know everybody. I just, it's a blessing. Plus all the saints of old, uh, you, you've known so much about them, but you actually get to meet them in person. It's going to be awesome. But the Bible says, so what are you doing? I'm remembering. I want a heaven. There, there is this song, and it's a country song, and I don't know the artist, and I don't know the name of the song, but it said, uh, whatever state I'm in, I'm always in a country state of mind. Have you ever heard that song? No? Where is, whatever state I'm in, I'm in a country state of mind. And I, you know, I was like, whatever state I'm in, Whatever state I'm in, I want to be in a heavenly state of mind. Not in a country state of mind. I want my mind fixed on heaven, looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith. I'm going to look unto my future, which is bright. It's like that one man said in that song, the future's so bright, you got to wear shades, right? Well, the Bible says in heaven, you don't even have to have a son there because the lamb didn't say there wasn't a son. It said there wasn't a need of one. Because the Lamb was the light of that city. The brilliance of the glory of Jesus Christ was going to light that city. We didn't even need, what are those called? Uh, the LED bulbs, you know. So we need LED bulbs to save the environment. No, no, no. I'm gonna, more about the environment later. But anyway, so. Knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle. That doesn't mean that he's going to put off going to church. His tabernacle he was speaking of his body. That means he was going to die. We know from church history he was martyred. But he said that I must put off this my tabernacle. And really, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And yes, we attend church, but the true church is the body of Christ. So uh, it speaks about our physical body being like a place of worship where the Holy Ghost resides. And uh, what we do with our body is important what our body looks like is important why because it's the temple of the holy ghost 
So he said, I'm going to put off this tabernacle, even as the Lord Jesus Christ hath showed me. Now, I don't know about you. Would you want to know that you were going to get in a car accident on the way home? Not me, okay? Because I've gotten in the car accident uh, on the way home from work, and I'm sure glad I didn't know about it. In fact, I was sleeping when I was in the car accident, so I wasn't scared, right? But uh, he was showed by God that he was going to suffer this martyrdom. Like, no thanks, God. I just have to... You know, I'll just drink my coffee and just go on and uh, not know that it's going to happen and just keep my eyes on Jesus. But he said, moreover, I will endeavor that ye may after that ye may be able after my decease. Listen to what Peter said to have these things always in remembrance. He said, I'm trying to get you to stress remembering God. So there's a difference between believing in God because the devils believe and tremble. And in following Jesus. Remember to follow Jesus. Because he said, follow me. He said, I'll make you. And you know, if some, sometimes there's a song. I think it's a relatively modern song. But this lady talks about uh, standing in your presence, Lord. I can feel you pulling all my roots up. Because you know that God is working on us when we're in his presence. And sometimes it's uncomfortable. But God's pulling all the roots of who we used to be up. All the roots of what people said about you. He's pulling them up. As long as we are in the presence of God, God has begun to show us who we are. Remember watching The Lion King? Everyone's probably seen The Lion King. So it follows Simba, who's the heir to the throne of his father, uh, Mufasa, right? James Earl Jones, I think. But, but his evil uncle Scar kills Mufasa and has Simba framed for the murder, okay? And it's a cartoon. I know it's not real. So the little cub Simba flees to the jungle or the savanna or the wilderness or whatever, and he's raised by uh, Timon, who's a meerkat, and Pumbaa, who's a warthog with an unfortunate gastrointestinal problem, right? And so they live this carefree life, but really they don't have any responsibility. And that song, Hakuna Matata, which in Swahili means no worries, it really is a mockery of those that would just want to be a teenager. They don't want any responsibilities. And no worries for the rest of your days. Brethren, life's not like that. We, we do have responsibilities. We do have things we need to, need to do. So after Nala, who's his childhood friend, this, this female lion comes and tries to get him to come back. And he gets all frustrated like a man and stomps off, which like, you know, most men. So he's out by this pool at night and Mufasa appears in the sky like the ghost of his father. And uh, I do have a point in this, so just hold on. So this voice calls from the sky and Mufasa's voice, or James Earl Jones' voice, I think. He said, you have forgotten me. And he's looking into the pool, and he's grown up. He's no longer a cub, but he's looking down, and he's a full-grown lion. Simba is. And he said, no. He said, how could I? And Mufasa says, uh, you have forgotten who you are. Sorry for no accent right there. You have forgotten who you are, and so forgotten me. And he continues and said, remember who you are. You are my son. And the one true king and then as he fades out he says remember remember and what Peter is getting uh, us to do and the readers to do is during the holidays wait a second 
Let's A, well, first of all, yes, remember who we are, but wait a second. We're a king's kid. Let's remember who Jesus is. And God will never dilute his blessings. So the people that came to Jesus when they were hungry, one time he fed 4,000 and there were leftovers, right? And then the next time he fed 5,000, right? There were leftovers, or maybe it's backwards right there. But he will always feed people who come, and there will always be more than enough. We have to remember, it's like, wait, God doesn't change on the holidays. Uh, The Bible says at the very end of the Bible, like three verses from the end, right? The Bible said, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. God's way is open to everybody, especially to his people. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. And to that woman at the well, he said, if thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him and he would have what? Charged you? No. Given you living water. We have to remember that, wait, God is a provider. Abraham said, Jehovah Jireh. That's my provider. It's the God that provides for me. He was my sacrifice. He was the sacrifice instead of Abraham's son Isaac, but he also provides all of my needs. The Bible said that looking forward, speaking of the environment, you know that a lot of people are worried about the ozone layer, that we're going to kill our planet. It's the only one we have. I'm sorry if I'm mocking it. I am mocking it because you know that uh, I'm not here to destroy the planet. I'm like practical green because I I believe in, you know, I believe in not just wasting things, but I also know what the word of God says. And this old earth say, well, we have to, this old earth is going to be destroyed. (laughs) Not by nuclear war necessarily. Okay. But the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 65 and verse 17, we have to be reminded God's got a plan for the future. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. You know, people say, this is the only earth we have. Well, guess what? God's going to make a new one. This earth, he's just going to remodel it. And the former shall not be remembered. People aren't going to be talking about, remember when New York City had all them big buildings? I guess that's a southern tourist in New York City, right? Or, <laughs> you know, southerners have hyphenated first names and northerners have hyphenated last names. But everyone's got something going on, right? The Bible said in Revelation chapter 21, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And then the Bible says in Second Peter, when he wants his people to stress the holidays, to remember. He said, seeing then, in verse 11, Second Peter chapter 3, that all these things shall be dissolved. All these great works that they say, oh, all these wonderful tabernacles and wonderful huge buildings and mansions, they're gone. What manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervid heat. God's going to refine this earth by fire. Where's the church going to be? We're going to be with Jesus. We're going to be okay. Okay. But the Bible said, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look forward, look for new heavens and a new earth. But these are going to be different. The Bible says, wherein dwelleth righteousness. There's going to be a place where sin is not involved or allowed. 
And we need to remember that God's got the whole world. I'm not trying to mock people that want to take care of our earth. I do too, okay? But I'm not here to serve the earth. I'm here to serve the Lord. Because the Lord's got a plan for his earth. And mankind is not going to destroy what God made. Mankind is not in control. God is in control. Verses 16 to 21. So, stressing, remembering. And, you know, we just need to remember, let God be God. Sometimes, uh, sometimes if we get a retail stress or whatever, maybe just go home. Maybe just turn off the phone for a little while. Maybe, you know, maybe go on a phone break this holiday and say, you know what, instead of keeping up with all the trends and all the top ten best holiday gifts, you know, all this stuff, it's it can stress you out. So preacher, but I just won the lottery and I have an extra million dollars. Okay, well then you can go spend a lot, right? But don't spend too much time if you got that extra million dollars. You know, take some time to remember God that gave you the million dollars. So verse 16 to 21, stressing, remembering, and then stressing God's word, stressing the word of God. And the Bible says that if you, have you ever done something dumb, like someone's done something dumb, and what, what, what do they say about the person? What were they thinking? You know, and maybe it was you that they were talking about, right? So if uh, they say one out of every three people is crazy, so if you think of your two best friends, if they're not crazy, it's you, okay? So, but, <laughs> but they say, what were they thinking? They did this, or she did this, or he did this, and it's just like some off-the-wall action. Well, and they were Christians, and they went to church. Say, so, well... One man said, and it was, a, it was a podcast I listened to, and, well, sometimes people, they don't think. <laughs> they don't think. They do things, but they are infatuated. You know, like, like a woman that says, uh, you know, she doesn't see that her um, husband-to-be might have some issues. Say, oh, he's passionate about everything. But she's infatuated. What is he? He can't control his emotions, right? He flips out. But she says, oh, he's just passionate. He likes to know wherever I am. He cares about me. He's a control freak, right? But why does she think that? Well, he, because she's infatuated. She's just infatuated. So the word infatuated basically means that you're, you're not thinking. You're just like, you're running with love or admiration. And I like one dictionary's definition. It said, an infatuated person is so possessed by a misleading idea or passion that his thoughts and conduct are controlled by it and turned into folly. It just turns you into a, to a fool, you know? And we're thankful that, you know, in, in really, the holidays can be like that. You can get infatuated, like you, you're into like, you go on a click-a-thon with Amazon, like customers also bought this. Well, I need this and I need this and I need this. And for six months, you're paying off the credit card bill, but you're infatuated. Wait, remember, wait, my family's out of debt or we're getting out of debt. I need to remember that. I need to remember that. And I need to have a, not a misleading idea taking me down a rabbit trail. So we're going to deal with stressing the word of God. We put the word of God in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And the word was God. And that's Jesus Christ. He's the true theology. The word theology is two words. Theos and logos. Theos means God. Logos means word. So theology literally means 
the word of God or God's word. So the purest theology is Jesus Christ because in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word, Jesus Christ, was God. That's perfect theology. So let's stress God's word. For verse 16, for we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we have made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. That Peter was there on the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter was there when Jesus rose from the dead. Peter said, you know, I'm not telling what, you know, I'm not passing on what somebody said. You know, this one told me that that were they said. Have you ever heard someone say, you know, they say, who are they? You know, and they just give you some off the wall. I read it on Facebook. So Facebook is a news outlet? Facebook means someone copied and pasted it and you read it. That there's no substantiating uh, uh, fact finder uh, that would say that that is good news. But a lot of times they'll say, well, they say or they said or this one said. But the Bible said that we saw Jesus and we saw his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven, we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. That's on the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus was transfigured and he was glorified for his disciples to see. Verse 19, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. And he comes to the end here of chapter one. He said, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. You know that a lot of people say, well, the Bible is just an interpretation. That's your interpretation. You know, there's a difference between a translation and an interpretation, okay? The Bible, were, the Bible was translated from other languages, from Hebrew, from Greek, uh, but the Bible retains the meaning, the same meaning. It doesn't mean that the Bible means one thing and then it means another thing in another language. They use different words to convey the same thing in a different language but it's called a translation. And what he's saying here, that it's not an interpretation and uh, that the word of God means what it means. Like, you know what that stop sign means? We don't have to interpret that stop sign, right? It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter if you read it backwards, right? S-T-O-P, POTS, right? You can read it backwards, but it's still a stop sign. It doesn't matter. Say, well, I don't believe it's a stop sign. Still a stop sign. I'm not gonna even tell that joke, but there's a joke I was thinking about, about do you want me to slow down or stop? Yeah, but there's a difference. A stop sign is a stop sign. And the word of God is not given to any private interpretation. As a preacher, I'm, I'm not at liberty to change the word of God because I think it should be this way or I think it should be that way. A lot of preachers, they, they like to do that. Say, well, uh, we like to, you know, in the modern day. Well, modern days, uh, I think there's a big church having a bunch of churches. It's a big split right now over... Uh, the definition of marriage. And it's, it's one of the main denominations. 
Well, let me tell you what. The Bible gives clear direction on what marriage is. And marriage is between one man and one woman. That's not hate. That's just what the Word of God says. And like one preacher said, if you took a man's clothes off and took a woman's clothes off, it's not a big stretch to see that they fit together, okay? This is not rocket science, okay? But the Word of God is not something that Pastor Bigelow has the authority to say, well, in this day and age, well, I'm stressing the Word of God. And I, and I don't mean that to hurt anybody. I accept uh, other people. If people want to come in to hear the Word of God, but let's, let's teach them the truth and not just teach them something that's not going to get them to heaven because the Word of God is true and the Bible said it's settled in heaven. For the Bible says, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. Someone said this, man wouldn't write the Bible if he could. And he couldn't if he wanted to. It's impossible. The word of God was written over, over a thousand years. There were many different authors that didn't know each other, different languages. And yet it agrees like one author wrote the whole thing. Why? Because one author was responsible for inspiring the Bible says here, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Let's stress the word of God. And you say, well, preacher, will it take stress off your life? Absolutely. I read the word of God. Even if someone texts me and I see it in the morning, I don't even, I mean, I'm sure if someone's in the hospital, but otherwise I, I, I go read my Bible first. What? It can wait. You don't check the weather or the news. It can wait. If my wife gets up early and she goes, honey, did you hear? No, don't tell me. I want to read the Bible first. I don't want to know anything about that. But it's all this stuff's going on. It's always going on. But I found in my life, my stress level goes down when I just put the word of God in there first. Everything else just can wait. It can wait and let the word of God be first to stress the word of God. And there's something that the word of God says. And let me just leave you with this. So when shepherds, ancient shepherds, would build a sheepfold, and that's where they would keep their sheep, right? In a safe place. They would, they would build it out of rocks, and it would, they'd build kind of like a big semicircle that would fit all of their sheep. And the rocks would only be, you know, several feet high, four or five feet high. And they'd, get, they'd, they'd have all the sheep go in there. They'd leave an opening, you know, I don't know, three, four feet opening. And uh, they would just let all their sheep and count their sheep, and their sheep would go in there. And then what would the shepherd do? After all the sheep were in there, the actual shepherd would sit down or lie down in the doorway to protect his sheep. And that's exactly what Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 7. He said, Then said Jesus unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. That's what Jesus was saying. He said, there's no door that swings open and closed. He said, he said, I'm the door. I'm the one that's going to protect you. And that you can come in and be saved through me. I'm like the door. And all the shepherds of those days, they got that, right? But you know what? That in these holidays, knowing that Jesus Christ is going to keep us, he's never leave us, never going to forsake us. Let us remember the shepherd. Let us remember God. And let us keep our eyes on his word. Let us keep our eyes on the shepherd. Stress the holidays. Stress the right things and really enjoy it. And let us be a light for someone who's looking for something to take away their stress in the holidays. God bless you as our prayer.